the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're going to start with Philippians chapter 2. And remember, we got through verse 13. But I want you to kind of keep Philippians open before you and recognize that 12 and 13 are the context for the entire section that we're talking about. Okay? If you lose that, then some of the things that I'm going to say, you're going to wonder about. Because you'll be applying it in a way that doesn't need to be applied. And I'll try to help you with that, but sometimes my tongue gets tangled up here and I miss things, okay? That's just God letting you know that it's He that ministers, not the guy up here in the suit, okay? Alright, starting in verse 12, it says, Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestions, so now, not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent, work out, cultivate, Carry out to the gold and fully complete your salvation with reverence and awe and trembling self-distrust, with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking for whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for His good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Now as we look at those two verses, we see Paul's command, or the Holy Spirit's command to work it out, or manifest the truth through your daily living. To live it out in obedience is basically what he's saying. And as we said last week, this is the process of sanctification. This is the process of shaping your soul and your outer life to the truth that is in your spirit. That's what's going on there. It says that he will give you the strength and the desire. What he is saying basically is that none of this stuff originates with you. It all originates with God. It begins with the soul, in the mind, will, and emotions. That's where the sanctification process begins. Okay? We must begin with the mind because we know that the battle for man's soul always begins in the mind. And unless we take every thought captive, unless we yield our mind to the Spirit of God, we lose the battle. 
2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. And I want you to notice where, look at the context of this verse. If you look at the context of this verse, where are the strongholds? Well, he says... In verse 5, inasmuch as we refute arguments, theories, and reasoning, and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought captive. So where do you believe those strongholds lie? In our mind. That's where the strongholds are established. Strongholds are established in the mind. Now I want you to look... If you've got the verse in front of you, I want you to notice what the arguments, theories, and reasonings are against. Look at what the proud, by their self-exaltation, deny. What are they against? What is the proud's boasting in who they are? What does that deny? What does the verse say? Well, the true knowledge of God. That's what it's working against. That is what the battle in the mind, that's what the enemy is working against, the true knowledge of God. This is where we yield ourselves as captives to the enemy's lies. When we are unbelieving, when we refuse to embrace the truth, then we believe the lie that he isn't there. We believe the lie that he is distant. We believe the lie that he doesn't love us, that he doesn't care about our situation. We believe the lie that it's up to us. We believe a series of lies that he introduces to our mind in first person singular, and we believe that we have to make it happen ourselves, that we are alone, that God isn't who he says he is, and we are not who he says we are. We believe those lies. We don't take them captive. We yield to them. And when we yield to them in our soul, then they become our truth. We are, the verse says, we refute those things. We refute those things. Now, who, who does the refuting? You do. In a minute, I'll, I'll explain how all this works into the Philippians first. But here's the truth. We're dealing with the soul. You refute them. You know what that means? You know what it means? The fact that you can refute those things, you know what that's telling you? That tells you that the Spirit of God is your wisdom, that the Spirit of God has given you insight. He has told you what is right and what is wrong. You couldn't refute something if you didn't know the truth of it, could you? Now, a lot of people will sit there and say, well, I'm just waiting for God to show me. No. What you're doing most of the time when you won't refute those arguments is you're already in agreement with their premise. I'm in control. I need what the world gives. I need to work for myself. I need to do what I can for me. I've been wronged. I've been put against. You know, all of these things will immediately work against the truth. And here's the thing. The Spirit of God, through the soul, will immediately offer the truth to your mind. And you can choose it, or you can reject it. But we choose. 
We choose. We choose to take every thought captive. That means that every thought falls into alignment with who God is. We choose to make every thought fall into alignment with the truth. We present it before Him and what we know about Him. This is where it all comes to play. First in the mind and then in the will. In the will we choose. We work out our salvation first by yielding our minds to the truth and resisting everything else. That's how we begin. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this age, which means to be shaped, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and its new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight. We are working the truth of our union with Christ through the soul is what we're doing. Through the soul as we yield to the work of the spirit of truth, renewing our minds with new creation ideas, renew creation ideals, with new creation attitudes. That's what that verse says. And all of that equips us for obedience. It's the action of obedience where we prove who we are. It is the activity of obedience where we manifest the truth of our position in Christ. That's when we are living out who we are. And that's where the command comes in. Paul says, work it out. And then in verse 13, verse 13 says that the very desire to live out the truth has its origin in God. And it is his joy to work out the truth with you by empowering you to be obedient to his will. The verse reads, Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. This is God showing you the truth of your heart. He's showing you the truth of your heart to be obedient. It's God revealing that in you. Listen, if you didn't have his life in you, there would be nothing contrasting the, the enemy's words. If you didn't have his life in you, the enemy would bring these things to you and you would embrace them and they would be true because you have no hope apart from this world. And that's no hope at all. But it is the life within you that processes through the soul, the mind, will, and emotion that sets the contrast. It's his life. Now, why is it important for you to know? It is him working through you all the while, energizing you both to will and to do. It is him, his life, becoming your life as you live it out. That's what that verse is talking about. As you live it out. It's only by knowing Him in truth that you'll ever know yourself. Did you realize that? Because He is your life. It's only through knowing Him will you ever know yourself. I know lots of people that are really striving to know who they are. They're out there trying everything in the world. You know, it's a whole different identity about every other year. You know, one day they're emo, the next day they're cowboy, and the next day they're something else. They're all trying to recreate themselves, trying to make themselves into something because they don't know who they are. 
And they're trying to find something that's comfortable. It's like a woman out trying on dresses. We've got to figure out what works. But the bottom line is this. That once we became Christians, the world would no longer suit us. And the efforts of ourselves to know ourselves apart from Christ will never, ever work for us. You want to know who you are? Know Him. Know Him. Well, it's the work of the enemy to keep you from knowing Him. His arguments, His objections are against the true knowledge of who? Of God. That's how He keeps you from knowing Him. Because he makes him into something he's not. It's only by knowing him that you'll ever know himself because he is life. You know, the branch manifests the life of the vine. By the fruit, you know that it proves the life that's within it. Now, you're a branch. Now, let me, let me just say something right here. And I've heard so many Christians quote the verse, by, your, by the fruit you shall know them. Well, let me tell you something. That's true. But sin is only a fruit for the lost. Sin is only a fruit for the lost. And let me make myself clear here. For us, it is a disease. For the saved, it is a disease that infects the branch and left untreated will eventually make the branch appear to be dead because the life within it will be so obscured. For the lost... He'll bear fruit, but it'll be poisonous. It'll be death itself. Now, for the carnal Christian, it'll be weak, it'll be frail, and the branch itself will look like it's dead, but it's not. This brings us to verse 14. Philippians 2.14 Do all things without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining against God and questioning and doubting among yourself. Do how many things? How many things? All things. Do all things. Okay. Well, that covers a lot of ground, doesn't it? There actually is two approaches to this verse. The uh, Greek word for grumbling actually means to mumble or mutter. It's not so much a articulate reasoning as it is an attitude. It's usually based in an emotion. Okay, We've come to kind of dismiss grumbling. Grumbling and muttering, basically. We kind of dismiss that. Uh, in America, it's kind of like yawning. It just goes on so much, nobody pays much attention to it, okay? particularly preachers. The truth is that it is important. Because remember the whole issue in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 we just talked about? That's a thought you didn't take captive. It's a feeling of discontent that's being expressed. See, God doesn't see it the way we do. He doesn't see it as harmless because it discounts who He is. And whatever we do, we're supposed to give thanks for. Whatever we do that he puts our hands to, whatever he directs us in, that is where we're to give thanks. Isaiah 45, 9 says, Woe to him who strives against his maker, a worthless piece of broken pottery among other pieces equally worthless, and yet presuming to strive with his maker. Shall the clay say to him who fashions it, What do you think you're making? Or... Your work has no handles. Now listen, grumbling is an attitude of discontent. 
muttering under your breath, oh, this really, you know, is a bad deal. This really isn't good. I don't like what... What you're doing is you are complaining against what God has put in your life. He's allowed it. Whether He put it there or not, He's allowed it. And if you're so caught up in your inconvenience and so focused upon your pain and your difficulty, you're not seeing what God has for you in it. What are you centered on? You're centered on you. This is self-centered thinking. It doesn't mean that we have to like everything that we do. But you remember 2 Corinthians 10.5. We just talked about it. Grumbling springs from a thought that you didn't take captive. And that thought will set itself up against the truth of God. It will set itself up against His love and His sovereignty. And it will develop into an attitude that is looking to find fault and complain. The other approach of this verse takes it one step further. It's pitting reason and logic against the circumstance or situation. You're questioning or doubting. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, it's reasonable to question and doubt. We should be able to question things. And Yes, but that's not what Paul's talking about. You're taking it out of context when you think that way. What do you, remember, remember the context of the verse? Work out your salvation. What he is talking about is the work of God in your life, where you are with Him. Now, are you grumbling against your job? Are you complaining against your marriage? Are you grumbling or complaining or arguing with your parents? Listen, these are things that we're not debating on whether or not we should be there. We're there. God has already allowed us to be there. God has already put us in these situations. At this point, who are we really complaining against? We're refusing to see Him in it, and we're deciding that we would have done better had we made the decision ourselves. We're discounting the work of God. We're discounting the sovereignty of God. We're discounting the love of God. We're setting every bit of it aside, and we are grumbling and complaining. Listen, it all sounds very innocent because we've accepted it as such a large part of our lives. We just kind of dismiss it now. And it's only, you know, to some degree it's humorous and, and you know, that, that bit of humor of... of and I, I see, you know, I watch old movies. I see it even in the old movies. They, you know, you got the guy that always... That's comical. Everybody laughs about it. Always muttering, always complaining. But you know what? That's a mindset. That is a perception of life. That's you embracing an ideal of life that says, I'm getting the short end of the stick. And you know what? There's no God in that at all. It's godless thinking. Well, you say, well, the reality is I'm in a bad situation. Do you not think God knows what kind of situation you're in? How are you interpreting it? You know what? This is so important for us. I really want for each and every one of you to understand that this is where the rubber meets the road. We can get in here and we can praise and worship and we can say how wonderful Christ is. But if we don't embrace this truth and begin to allow the Spirit of God to divide in us between what is true and what is false, then we are walking around deceived. 
and we're living in duality. We're embracing the world with one arm over here and trying to embrace Christ with the other. And there's a conflict and there's confusion in our soul because the soul's not functioning the way it was intended to. The mind, will, and emotions are constantly filled with confusion and doubt and fear and anxiety. We're always trembling and wondering what the world's going to bring to us next. Where our desire in life is somehow to get security out of this world and establish ourselves. I'm listening to Christians all over the place. They're trying to figure out how to protect their money. They're trying to figure out how to protect their, their food. They're trying to set up. I mean, some of them are at the point they're ready to move out in the country, you know, and put up a wall or something. I'm telling you that if God gives you the unction to go out there and do that, go and be joyful in it. But that's not your protection. It's not your provision. Did you know that having the right government is not your protection? It's not your provision. Do you know that Social Security was never your protection? It was never your provision. And I'm not talking about when it went bankrupt. I'm talking about ever. The reality is that our government has decided that the comfort and welfare of the people is in its ability to take care of the people by distracting everything the people's got and redistributing it. But the bottom line is the protection of this country is God. It's God. It's always been God. One nation under God. Now listen, why am I bringing that up in the middle of Philippians? But here's the thing. It says, do all things... And that's an attitude of life. That is the way we live. And if we don't start now, we miss so much. We really do. We miss so much. As God puts His will in your heart, He empowers you. He empowers you to complete it, to be obedient, to live it out without grumbling or judging the will of God in your life. An attitude of discontent and fault-finding is the fruit, typically, of an overindulged, self-centered society. Typically. When you stand around complaining and criticizing, you're not reckoning God into your thinking. You have literally... You remember the diagram that we showed of the mind, will, and emotions? How we are to live from without? You have literally cut off that feed. You have strangled it. In your mind, will, and emotion, your soul, you have decided that you know what's best in life. You have listened to the world, and the world has set the level for you. Oh, to be successful is this. To be, to be secure is that. To be acceptable is this. I've got to be beautiful. I've got to be this. I've got to be rich. I've got to be handsome. I've got to be all of these things. And you buy that... And you embrace that and you literally strangle by your willfulness and your desire to be like the world, you begin to cut this life off. No, it's not going anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. You're going to heaven. But when you shut the door to that life, when you begin to strangle the way He designed you to live, it's like when you cut the circulation off in your arm. What begins to happen? Pretty soon it's just a piece of meat, isn't it? It doesn't do anything. Well, you know what, Christian? A carnal Christian, you know what the word carnal means, don't you? Chili con carne? It means meat. A carnal Christian is basically just a piece of meat that doesn't know who he is. That's what a carnal Christian is. 
Have you been complaining about your job, your marriage, your parents, your health? Paul says, stop it. Holy Spirit says, stop it. Renew your mind with truth. I mean, do you see God's grace and mercy around you? Or do you just see what you should have or could have? Do you really take in the truth of what God holds back and how He holds you together? You see, this is the goal of this life, is to get you to participate in His gift of life. To get you to value the right things. To get you to know that to not grumble and to embrace all that He has given you is better even in the worst of situations than to grumble and desire to be somewhere else or doing something else. Because where the Lord is, there's liberty. Now, the Lord is in you. That's liberty. But if you cut it off, you're in self-imposed bondage. And that verse is even more applicable to the circumstance you're in. Where the Lord is, where you recognize His sovereignty, where you recognize His love, where you recognize His life. I don't care what you're going through. When you recognize these things and you can in thanksgiving lift your hands towards heaven and say, praise God for the grace and the mercy that I'm receiving here. The world isn't going to understand that. That's a peace that passes all understanding. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.